0: For Memorial Day, get 15% off your borough purchase at borough.com slash acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at borough.com slash acast.
3: Just another Manic Monday, everybody. Welcome to the Football Ramble, a huge win for Arsenal and goals glorious. St. James's and the bridge. It's Monday, 5th of Feb. I'm Marcus Spella. I'm Luke Moore, and I'm Jim Campbell.
1: Tell you what, what a weekend! Yeah, what a weekend! Incredible, so much, so much Barclays. I know yeah.
3: Fulham got
4: a point on the road. So
1: much, uh, it was- <laughs> <laughs> two to that one, though. Yeah, well, so
3: much know.
4: Barclays. I had that of an extra credit card I didn't want. <laughs> <laughs> where it came from,
3: but you maxed it out already, <laughs> baby. <laughs> That's how they get you. Indeed, indeed. Um, this the sort of. I don't know. Mixed emotions about this. It's Sven Eriksson's birthday today. Oh.
4: Yeah, and, and um, how did the um, dressing up as Marilyn Monroe go for this year?
3: It <laughs> uh, was a great time. It's also Carlos Tevez's birthday. Is Isn't it really? How so... did the
4: dressing up like Marilyn Monroe go for this year? <laughs> 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 <laughs>
3: Oh dear, very different man. Yeah, I was uh, apprehended yeah. by security. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, you didn't get into that one.
4: I think Carlos Tevez is very much his own security. Well,
3: yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've had a rough weekend. Yeah.
4: But all, all the best to Sven, though. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every
4: day is a gift for the man. Indeed, yeah, indeed. Good stuff.
3: Um, let's get into our highlights of the weekend. Uh, I mean, there were there so many, quite frankly. Luke Moore, what are you going to begin with?
4: Um, I'm going to go with um, South Africa goalkeeper Roman Williams. Love that. And um, in, in his performance in the quarterfinal shootout. In the Africa Cup of Nations, yeah. um, got man got the man of the match award as well. I think um, incredible <laughs> performance by him, and in, particularly in that shootout, saved a penalty from Bebe. He and did. Had another amazing save from a player whose name escapes me but it was got expensive. close to
3: the one that went he in did. he nearly kept a clean sheet in a penalty shoot <laughs> <Yeah, exactly. It's laughs> incredible
4: I first of all thought that uh, there's three things first of all I thought almost kept the clean sheet in yep. a penalty shoot out second one is um, one of his teammates said that um, he should instantly be made the Minister of Finance because he could save South Africa's economy
1: <laughs> <as that laughs> and that. the
4: third one I thought is there anything that ex-Archbishop of Canterbury can't do well do you know what? <laughs> I, mean, I, I wondered which, which
3: Williams you were going to go with yeah. actually yeah. I had a choice of a few but well, Rob fair. was
4: very close to Rob yeah, so yeah, yeah, I yeah, could yeah. have gone Robbie Williams but I don't Pete's not here it's a wasted
3: yeah, point indeed yeah. no our resident fan of Robbie's not here
4: but it was, incre- it was a crazy crazy good performance from the penalty shoot as you said to me Marcus like 2-1 in the penalty shoot
1: yeah, is um, remarkable yeah, stuff Really, yeah. and it's fitting for what has been an absolutely brilliant tournament has not it it's been great it is, Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jim your highlight of the weekend so I'm going to go for um, Rasmus Hoyland's 21st birthday because it was an eventful one for him as well okay. obviously he scored another goal uh, he's starting to bed in a little bit mm. played his leg like a guitar for the celebration yeah. but after um, Alexander Garnaccio's goal Hoyland gave him just the most delicate little peck on the cheek <laughs> and in the post-match he had his arm around him and they're, they're sort of quite tactile with each other in a really yeah. sweet unguarded way which is something you don't really see from footballers in the sort of hyper-masculine world of football since, very often since Gary Kelly and Ian Hart indeed oh, was, it, was yeah. it Gary
4: Kelly and Ian Hart yeah. Ooh, you're testing Never goals Yeah. They gave us her a little kiss, didn't they, once as well? We wouldn't want Neville and Neville. (laughs) (laughs) No. We wouldn't want that.
3: Um, But when when I saw. Or uh, 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 it's uh, Dyer and Ali? Was that one?
1: Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, they yeah. were big mates, weren't they? Yeah, they were. But it was just, there's just something really sweet about it. And yes. It's very wholesome, and I enjoyed that. When
4: yeah. I saw Rasmus Hoyden playing his leg like a guitar at Old Trafford in front of tens of thousands of people, I thought, if that's what cool is now, I'm pleased to be old. <laughs> yeah. Because it looked ridiculous to me. <laughs>
3: yeah. I, I love that that's Jim's highlight. I think he's unaware of what happened at the Emirates. But, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I imagine we'll probably be going into more detail. Squeeze about it, in. That. Squeeze we, it we, in. We might have time for that. Uh, my heart at the weekend, I'm, I'm talking African Cup of Nations, of course. Ivory Coast. Uh, yeah. ladies and gentlemen if you haven't seen any of this then then press pause now and go and see it yeah, and find the highlights incredible and also read Jonathan Wilson's piece in The Guardian it's a brilliant piece and it just gives you lovely little nuggets of of um, the, the sort of recent political history of Ivory Coast and, and, and so on the scenes in that <laughs> game it's one of those moments where when it was unfolding Ivory Coast of course won 2-1 after extra time
4: oh, and that is understating it a bit and
3: finished the game with <laughs> nine men yeah um, it was incredible. You know when you watch something, and sometimes you may watch it. I don't know when there's. It's usually a big World Cup going on, or, a, or, or or I don't know, maybe a music festival like Glastonbury, and you think it's all going off. That I wish I was there. Like that to me is like. And that was the thing when Ivory Coast won. I thought that there right now is the center of the world. Yeah, all of me, all my fight. I just want to be there. Yeah. Incredible. The fact is that they were one nil down and t- down to ten men for a lot of the game.
4: They were down to ten men before half time.
3: Yes, and and the guy who scores the goal for Marley, his parents are from the Ivory Coast. So oh, I does, didn't know that. He does the apology yes. celebration. Oh, yeah. Is
4: that why he did it? And, and it was it about that. And a goal worthy of winning
3: any game.
4: That's what. That's what. I that's the first time I've seen that in international football. Yeah. I was like, what's
3: he doing that? Well, Vish said he wanted to do that in his fantasy football career that he would play a bit, couple of games for Sri Lanka yeah. and then and then uh, and then play for England and then score against Sri Lanka and then do this sort of. Oh, did
4: England plays your anchor all the time in football. Well, okay. they would
3: do if Fisher was involved. <laughs> yeah. He's got the amount of power. But anyway, yes, this, this, this happened. The, the apology celebration happened on the international arena, which I can't, I can't remember the, the, the last time that happened. And then Ivory Coast equalised in the last minute. And they go mad. I think. I think and a they have every right to go mad. They did. And I think that there was a moment where everyone thought, you, you have to play extra time here, lads. You yeah. And you're down to 10 men. And then they get the winner, which was a lovely goal, lovely little flick. And the last kick of the game, I think. Uh, well, Very they close did. Close to it, if not. They did have to defend um, a free kick that was launched into the box. But the guy who scored got sent off for over celebrating. They the nine men. I mean, <laughs> utterly incredible. He won't be able to play in the next round, presumably. Gutting. So yeah. I. Didn't it,
4: Fafana in the Ivory Coast golf Save a penalty as well?
3: Uh, he, yes he did earlier on in the game yeah but like it's worth saying
4: <laughs> so the, basically Ivory Coast went down to nine men the yeah. goalkeeper had to save a penalty yeah. they scored one goal in the 90th minute and one goal in the 121st minute and went through yeah. after sacking their coach because yeah. they almost went out in the group stage
3: and beating Egypt as well the and they're the hosts <laughs> I, I, look, I know we've talked quite a lot already and we've not got to Arsenal Liverpool we've not got there's a lot but we had to just had to mention that because it was stunning stuff this tournament has been so good so that was my highlight of the weekend.
4: That's good. It's a good highlight. <laughs> there's a lot, so, lot
3: packed in. There's a lot packed in. But let's get to really what Jim's highlight was and a lot of Arsenal fans as well. A lot of Arsenal fans. Probably a of Arsenal, Arsenal fans. fans. <laughs> um, they beat Liverpool 3-1, of course. It's only Liverpool's second domestic defeat of the
1: season. Your thoughts, Jim? Um, my thoughts are all very positive. You'd be surprised to hear. Um, I thought the, the raising of the performance level um, that was, was required for Arsenal to, to win here uh, was executed perfectly. And that's the thing I'm sort of the most impressed by now that now the dust has settled. Obviously, there was a little period over Christmas where Arsenal lost a couple of games you would otherwise expect them to win or at least sort of compete in a bit more than they did. Um, and you sort of worry at that point, don't you? You get these little mini crisis points in a season and everyone was aware, we have to be a lot better than this. And then when Liverpool come to town... You have to be a lot better again. And they did that really, really well. Liverpool had one shot on target. Um, they, they, they Arsenal controlled the game really, really well, I thought. And um it's been a while since there's been a big old mustafening um <laughs> at the Emirates, really. Uh, and the 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 conceding of the re, of the silly goal although a lot of it came from really sort of industrious work from from mm. from diaz it was one of those moments where you think oh my god how is how has this it was happened a ridiculous just goal just absolutely to concede. especially the timing of it couldn't have been worse you put the wind in their sails they can regroup at half time come out and be a lot better we've seen recently in the FA Cup game at the emirates that um Arsenal didn't take their chances and Liverpool just punished them on the break. It was all set up for that to happen again mm-hmm. And right at the start of the second half as well. Liverpool sort of sliced through Arsenal a couple of times and we we're like, "Oh god, is this is the is the pattern going to reemerge? Is this going is this narrative going to going happen again?" But they just tightened it up immediately. There's an element of have you had your chance? Absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they but they wouldn't allow that to happen. And that's the thing. That's what's different about them under Arteta, in in the most part, certainly to a higher level, where they can sort of control their own destiny a lot better mm-hmm. than sort of certainly kind of later Venga teams, and obviously Emery when when that fell apart. And that again is is, is what's so impressive about it to me. They don't um, they don't let football happen to them as you often well, used to say
2: absolutely. in the past.
3: Um, Arteta obviously took my advice. Mm. What was that? He played um Havertz up top central. Yeah,
4: right? you mentioned that on Friday, didn't you? And Havertz okay, it missed worked
3: his one on one, but it worked well. And yeah. he and, and he essentially got Kanate sent off. Yeah. For those two
1: bookings. Yeah. No, I know well, Can- I mean, got sent I mean Kanate got Kanate sent <laughs> off. Well what
3: I mean what well, what I mean by that is he, he Well the bustle, he, right? Yeah, he beat him twice. Mm. And that was and that was enough. I mean Kanate, we know what a quality centre half yeah, he is. Yeah,
4: he's having a good season. And and overall he's a really good defender. Um I think actually, really, you could probably say that. Uh um Gomez made some poor decisions. Van Dijk had a shitty game. Canate did. Alexander Ronald came back in for Bradley, he's been really impressive, didn't really do an awful lot. Becker uh, Becker, i Becker then. Alison Who's uh, Alison Becker? Yeah, Alison um yeah. obviously Colonel Becker. Arguably yeah, early, arguably had two errors, certainly the third mm. goal was his error, possibly the second one as well. He's got to take his fair share of that. Um but having said all that, Arsenal were still very good. I mean they, they were in, as Jim said, they were in control of the game. Uh, it was kind of is a kind of performance that I didn't think, despite the fact they're having a pretty good season. It was a it was a performance that they needed to to beat Liverpool, but also at the same time Liverpool had some issues. But I, w- I would also say like they didn't play like a team who needed really to win that game to stay in touch with the title race. And I thought that part of it was really impressive the way they went about their business and went about their work. Um, I thought that was very very good. Mm. Um, I kind of. I enjoyed the game a lot, and I'll kind of come away with, with some mixed emotions because I partly feel like okay, that's definitely how Arsenal play, but also they needed two really almost like comical errors from Liverpool to get past them, and it could have it could have been a really frustrating one all in the end. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But they conceded from a comical error though. But
1: I think they also did as well, true, yeah. they are. They Were forced errors, right? I mean, Martinelli's work in that in, in the second goal is I don't think is, the third goal is a forced errors, they're
3: two for you, you don't think gu- the first goal is a for- third, the third goal? No,
1: how, how so? I mean, well, Trossard runs through the whole team, yeah, and then Alisson
4: should have basically caught that in his ass cheeks at the near post, and he <laughs> <Yeah>. it didn't.
1: <laughs> but, it's but, not well, a forced error, is it? The keeper I mean, makes I, doesn't make a save that he's supposed uh, to make, but I mean, how is that more of an error? How is it more of an error than more of a sort of Trossard's? Like positive action, I don't. don't no,
4: but I, I would say. Well, I guess maybe we have different. You could, you could
1: call them fortuitous goals. but the right, fact what, of the what do you matter...
4: think about the third Arsenal? I mean, Alisson should save that, shouldn't he? Oh, of course, he should save it.
3: Yeah, yeah, but which is from Arsenal's point of view, it is fortuitous that there's a slight nick and in it, Alison's slightly off. You know. Um, his radar's not quite there and it goes in. What I'm, what I'm arguing though is that you make your own luck, right? I, but I don't think I'm arguing at all. What I'm saying <laughs> is that, that there's three goals there so, you know, we can talk about... Oh, they
4: deserve the win. They were brilliant. But, but Arsenal,
3: Arsenal put themselves in positions where they kept going and I think that, that defensively, you know, compare it to the FA Cup match. They defended very, very well and then... They've got themselves in positions and they got goals. And the fact is Martinelli scores the second. So that, that informs how they then go about their, their, their business. And I thought that it was such a huge win for Arsenal. And I thought what was really interesting, and Jim, you were there, so you'll be able to, to talk about this more. Again, Emir- the Emirates seems, dare I even use the word, seems like a fortress, these days, now I, I know people who uh, are maybe used to somewhere like Anfield, for example, might go, "Come on, that, that that's not exactly as raucous as it can mm. be at Anfield." But bearing in mind the stereotype of 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 Arsenal home games, if you like, and be a bit quiet and all that kind of stuff. For me, it comes across on the TV that every challenge is, but it yeah. gets everybody going, and 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 this has not been, this is not new. This has been the case for perhaps a season or two,
1: maybe certainly last season. Certainly, for the bigger games, it is is the case. There have been a couple of occasions this season where you would, um, in the in the games, Arsenal are expected to win and then do win. You know, obviously, it's not as raucous for say. Palace or Sheffield United. Yeah, but that's it, never a game like this. Absolutely. All, all but that, at home at home that's so but, that's, but yeah, yeah. But that's also true of of Anfield yes, of say, course. You know, It's true of any stadium it's just sort of psychology isn't it. But yeah it is it is um a real real positive now in a case where um Or sort of in contrast to how in the past it can be a bit of a difficult thing where fans get on the team's back because they're frustrated because they've been seeing the same things play out year after year after year. So, yeah, it is really refreshing and it is a proper, proper asset as well. I mean, I couldn't really hear the Liverpool fans. And we are down the other end from Mm -hmm. where they sit. So that's a big part of why. But that was not the case in the FA Cup game, for example. No, and and, and I think the reason why I make
3: that point, and that, that point has been made, as I say, certainly last year, and so on, but it, there just seems to be a massive buy-in um, to what's going on at Arsenal. H- has been the case for for a little while, and then when people um, accuse them, of maybe over celebrating, so mm, which some yeah. of the pundits did. I mean, Carragher wasn't happy that Odegaard was taking photos <laughs> with the club photographer full time. There were some other players
4: going. Carragher took it quite badly overall, actually. Yeah, and I, yeah, and yeah. I think
3: that there is um, there is sometimes an element of saying, "Oh, you haven't won the league. You know, why no, but, are you celebrating but, and, like and, and, that?" And I,
4: I actually disagree with that. And you bring it in at the right time there because I think that that is absolutely part of what, what you guys are talking about. What, what you, if, you, if you look at the way Arteta celebrates after, mm-hmm. I think it's the third guy, goes mental, yeah. right? And from other people outside looking in, they and I don't actually really have an opinion Just on this. Just as well, it wasn't I, VAR, I don't eh? really care. Well, yeah, I don't really <laughs> care, personally, but the outside looking in there, people are going to go, okay, that's crazy. Uh, it's way over the top. And then people look at what Odegaard's doing and um, you know, flipping the camera around the photographer—it's mm. like, it's a bit celebratory. It's like a celebratory atmosphere. Yeah. But what people don't, if critici- who criticize that—and I actually think that criticism is 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 fair—I don't care that much about it. But I think it's fair. But what people who criticize are missing is the idea that. That's exactly why the fans love Arteta. Uh-huh. That's exactly what they mm. want to see from him. That's the buy-in. Yeah, that's look. That's what. That's what generates this kind of atmosphere. So, so the whole thing is linked. Yeah, and and but that doesn't mean to say
3: he's immune from criticism. You know, you know, you and I look certainly stuck the boot in when he was you know going on about um, you know writing to. Pugmol and all that and all oh, that I think I think yeah I think just it's because a somebody that. does something here it doesn't mean to say that you no. you might not you, you agree with everything they do but I think
4: the top managers are all a little bit weird yeah but I but know, also absolutely. but
3: in terms of in terms of trying to build that atmosphere trying to you know the Bayern so you remember the Bournemouth game of course uh, absolutely the, the, the gold gold last man, season yeah. you know all that kind of stuff you know I, I go back to when Klopp was was first uh, appointed Liverpool manager you know they scored a last gasp equalizer at home to West Brom I think it was to draw 2-2 yeah. and Klopp's getting all the players in a row and and, and, yeah. and the arms are yeah. going up and so on not because it's oh, isn't it amazing? Liverpool have drawn at home with West Brom. It's kind of well, let's just build on a little something. Definitely. You're just trying to do it's all a platform, that. Yeah.
1: I do think there is an element of that it, it being from obviously Gary Neville has strong opinions on this, and Calga does as well. I think there's a sense of. Um, they don't like it that a team that aren't either one of their teams are doing it because they think there's a sort of, well. only, it's only authentic when we do this, it's not authentic when anyone else, when anyone else does it They're sort of That's quite being speculative I would say no, yeah, Absolutely, I'm, I, of course it's speculative absolutely, but I, I think um, I find it quite funny that Gary Neville talks about them being a little bit immature when he simply cannot be objective about Liverpool or Arsenal
2: Well
3: Neville was famed for, you know, you'd win a cup final yeah. and you'd celebrate and before the champagne had barely even been poured, Neville's going right. Well, you know, forget about this. We've got you. You know, next but season I, we're going. You know, so he would never allow himself but I, to. Play I, but I
4: also do remember Neville, and I think it might have been West Brom when he was a player. When that, something late on happened, which generated a positive result for you, and him going up to the home fans at the Hawthorns, like banging his chest and showing his badge yeah. and all that kind of he used stuff. Used
3: to do
1: that to the Liverpool fans at Old Trafford. So there, we like, exactly. there we go. <laughs> like, <laughs> so they, all, they, all, they
4: all get They all Absolutely. get after it. And this, this is
1: what I mean when I think they they. Um, for some reason, don't like it that another club are doing it. Yeah, well, look, passions run high. To be
4: to, to be fair to Neville, I mean, the United did win like you won about eight Premier. Indeed, I, th- I think yeah.
3: what they're saying is you know that winning mentality. If you, you know, save the celebrations till you actually win something. But anyway, I think we've talked mm. a bit about that. But the, but Arsenal are unbeaten against the big six in the Premier League this season, which is pretty impressive. And as you say, Jim, those those games against the big sides, they seem to be much better equipped. Um, they're they're in the mix. They needed to win this game really to, to yes. stay in the title hunt. They're two points behind um, Liverpool are at the top, of course. And uh, Manchester City are the the ones who have the games in hand on, on Arsenal and Liverpool. If they were to win both of those, they would, of course, go top. Um, but I mean, what, what about Liverpool, Luke? You, yeah. we, we, we've we've talked pretty glowingly about Liverpool, I'd say more in recent months. Earlier on in the season, we were saying, you know, have they convinced? Are they just good results? But I mean, does this make you change your or, or any thoughts about Liverpool? Do you think that... Is it a case of actually, if you go at them, you can get something?
4: And I think obviously they're a brilliant team and you can't mm. read too much into one result because Arsenal are also a really good team. Yeah. Um, but I, I did find it interesting that it see it, there was just a feeling that, you know, the question I started to ask myself watching the game was, do Liverpool have, without Salah, and obviously Mane's long gone now, Firmino's long gone now, they've lost some midfield players as well, do they have someone who can consistently you know, pull something out of the bag?
3: Like a De Bruyne.
4: Yeah, I, yeah, I never really felt like... A, I think Jota's a brilliant forward and a great finisher. I think Gakpo's still kind of fine on his feet, but he's obviously a very talented player, but he, he you know, he's pretty anonymous. Um, Diaz can do it, but it's very inconsistent. Nunez can do it, but it's obviously stuck on the bench, but it's very unpredictable.
3: Diaz would be the one for me, I but, think.
4: But he, he ne- there's no way at this point you can look at someone like Luis Diaz and go... He's the guy that's going to get us out of this. Yeah. And, no. And, and and that game yesterday was a game that needed that. Because so
3: Arsenal was so good. So would you say Arsenal and Liverpool th- in terms of the quality <laughs> of the squads, I mean Liverpool have probably got better centre forwards, but it's not too dissimilar, because if you look at Manchester City, you think well there's Bernardo Silva, there's Kevin De Bruyne, yeah. there's Haaland. But I don't think I don't injury. think
4: Manchester City or Arsenal are in transition at the moment. I think Liverpool are in a transitional phase.
3: Sure, but I said but right now, do you think that what you're saying is this this Liverpool side maybe on on paper is is not too dissimilar to Arsenal. Whereas in previous seasons, you would say that they were better.
4: Yeah, well, yeah, definitely, you would. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Obviously, I, you got Salah to come back as you've well. You this mentioned. is the
4: thing, and, and and this is what I would say. So to, to to kind of join together all the things you guys have been talking about, mm-hmm. you know, particularly that key moment where just before half time, Liverpool equalised from nowhere to make it one 0 Arsenal, as, as Jim said, have got a lot of time to think about that. The atmosphere in the stadium from the TV seemed to go a bit flat. Oh God, what's going to happen? If, for example, and it is a big if, but it's not that big an if, Mm -hmm. if Mo Salah's playing, and five minutes after half-time, he does what he does, cuts in off the the wide position, gets on his left and just rifles one in the top corner, and they find themselves 2-1 down from nowhere, Mm -hmm. that is a very disheartening position to be in if you're Arsenal at home, having played so well in the first half. So these margins do matter. And without Salah, they don't really seem to have anyone that could do that at the moment.
3: Mm -hmm. Well, look, uh, yeah, it's... I think that's um, not too uh, unfair there. Liverpool, they are still top of the league, though, of course. But again, Arsenal, Jim, right back in it. And Arsenal, they've they've arrested that little slump they had. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, they, they they lost at home to West Ham, then they lost to Fulham, lost to Liverpool in the Cup, but beating, I mean, hammering Palace. Obviously, Palace are not great at the moment. Uh, impressive against Forest, even though it was it was only two one, but still a win's a win's a win. And then and then now, so how how do you feel now with Arsenal? Do you think that? you know, we're into February now and this is we're getting towards the business end, if you see what I mean. It's business mm. end eve, you might say.
1: Absolutely. I, I think the the really important thing about this this win um is essentially, you know, it, it might sound like a really basic thing to say, but it is to stay in the title race. We yeah. don't know who's in a title race until like months and months and months into the season, unless it's really obvious from the get go that someone's just eating up points. And there was always a danger that it was gonna be, you know, Two steps forward, one step back after the sort of the, the relative successes of last season, and it's very important for Arsenal to stay in the hunt and stay amongst that. And that if they do regress in some way, which is is understandable and very very possible, especially with a couple of key players missing, like with, you wouldn't really have been expecting to be without Timber for most of the season. You'd probably expect to be without Party for some of the season, but he's essentially not been involved at all. Um, but when
3: Jorginho's stepping up, though, he was he had right, an
1: absolutely air. fantastic game. But yeah, it's 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 very impressive that they're staying in the Hunt, and you've got to make it a three-way race. And it's important to remember as well that City have got two games in hand, and if they win them, they're top. Yeah, in what feels like a as old as time. Point, yeah, Yeah, but but, it's still
3: in touching distance. uh,
1: That's what it's about. Yeah, yeah, you've got to stay in there. It feels important, um, and I think the experiences of last season will will keep them fighting and keep them sort of engaging the mentality they need to get into games like this. Yeah, Yeah. and there's
4: there's no point having last season's experience if you're not going to grow from that. Well, exactly. And And I think they have. Yeah, I think they have too, but we'll obviously see the proof of the pudding will be in the eating. Um, The Jorginho point is very quickly, we can't let it go without him being mentioned. I think it's perfect, that kind of game for him, because he's so calm Mm. and so at a level every single game that what that tends to manifest itself for as if you have to play him against a, a team that you should beat at home, people start to go, "Oh yeah, but he's slowing it down, and the tempo's not there actually, when the game goes faster than him, like that kind of game, he stays where he is and he can he can almost conduct mm-hmm. and and that 's why he's been relied upon at international level why he's done what he 's <clears> done <throat> in his career because he 's able to to keep a calm head among all that stuff and um I just thought he was absolutely brilliant. I actually think Martinelli was brilliant. I don't think yeah, it, I don't yeah. think Martinelli got enough credit. Actually, either yesterday, I agree. Him and Jorginho were both fantastic.
3: Um, now Manchester City are back in action against Brentford tonight. Pete Donaldson and Andy Brassel will be reacting to that game straight after full time. So keep an eye out for Ramble reacts in your podcast apps. Now then, gentlemen, Newcastle United four, Luton Town four. Eight of the twenty-six goals in the Premier League on Saturday came in this game. It's the first four-four at St James' Park since Newcastle's comeback against Arsenal. In 2011, which was on the 5th of Feb, exactly 12 years ago That's today. Really, wow. And
4: also, spoiled one of the greatest video memes of all time, with that bloke getting really angry watching it back at his computer, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is always pleasing to watch. But this was an uh, unbelievable game. It was. Incredible stuff, really. Yeah. I mean, look, for Luton to go behind and to go ahead like they did and then get pegged back, it's, a, it's a, an incredible Barkley story. You know, it's a proper... Proper like, like Ross coaster drama, exactly. Mm. Ross Barkley and the Barclays, but I'll, I think I just want to give a bit of credit to Luton. I know Newcastle are, con- are conceding goals like there's no tomorrow at the moment, and they're not. They don't really deserve their reputation as being kind of solid because they're not solid. They've never been for ages, particularly since kind of Christmas. But I said this at the start of the season. I think it's only fair that I kind of pull myself up on it. I said that Luton have got. I think I said something like Luton have got the lowest chance of any team in. Premier League history of staying in the Premier League this season mm. I thought that then if they stay up I think I have to double down and say that it will be the greatest performance from a promoted team given where they were since the Premier League has been around Big shout. I know that's an arbitrary spot of like 1992 or whatever mm-hmm. but my, my it just so happens the age we are our, yeah. our kind of memories of football does kind well, of start I mean, around that time it,
3: it, I mean the reason why they're not in the relegation zone is because Everton's points deduction. Now Everton got those points <laughs> because they broke the rule, so it's not.
4: It, yeah, yeah, but I thought they'd be dead by then. Yeah, and 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 they've got um and they've got uh, a game in hand as well.
3: Yeah, I mean, look, any, but I mean, look, okay, so let's plus Everton ten points. You know, they're still in touch and distance of, of Forest, Brentford, Palace. Do You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so it's still impressive stuff from Luton, and they've really, really found their feet of, in recent weeks. I mean, they've only lost one in the last six; they've won three exactly.
4: And, and that's what I was going to say. That particular stat is amazing, but given that size of squad. Size of resources, wage budget, blah blah blah. To do to lose one in six in January and February after yeah. a really busy festive that's period, right. uh, and and get yourself into a position yeah. as you rightly say, Marcus. Through no, there's no, it's no, nothing to do with Luton. Everton have had points deducted; they got yeah. no say in it. Um, but for them to pick up, you know, wins against you know Brighton four 0 yeah. was an amazing score win.
1: score. Four goals in two games in a row is so so impressive. And to beat well, Sheffield
4: United at Sheffield United because I mean I know Sheffield United are very very poor, but it's a it's a fellow um. Relegation-threatened teams, and they also beat Newcastle at home as well. By the way,
3: yeah, and and look, you know, narrowly beaten by Chelsea as well. Um, uh, you know, narrowly I mean, beaten.
4: That's, by... a, that's a stain on their record. Yeah, but <laughs> narrowly beaten by
3: <laughs> narrowly, narrowly beaten by Manchester City, narrowly beaten by Arsenal. You're going back into the start of December yeah. here. So you know what
4: narrowly beaten by them and narrowly beaten by them means? Narrowly relegated. That's what it means.
3: Well, uh, what I'm I'm getting at is. This is not a gimme. Well, they, they are t- not a side that you think, oh, we got Luton today. That's fine. So we'll, uh, you know, we'll look, f- you know, two, three, four goals to the, you know, a, a victory kind of thing. No, yeah. they, they give everybody a game, and that's really important because look at Sheffield United, and we'll talk to the, uh, talk about them in a bit. How many times have they been shellacked this season? Yeah. Too many. Far and too that many. is like for the fans, but not just for the, for the players. And everything. It's so depressing if you've been absolutely walloped five nil. You kind of yeah. go, whereas if you've just, just been pipped well, I think by this Manchester is it, City, isn't it? you've just been pipped by Arsenal, last minute goal. It's gutting, but you go... Do you know what lads we went toe to toe with them. Yeah. totally
1: different feeling I'm sure you know, a lot of Luton fans who saw them got, get promoted and obviously watched them far more closely than we do uh, possibly expected that they'd have a lot of fight and that they wouldn't be the whipping boys that everyone was predicting but at the same time I'm sure there's there's always a worry like that if you're a smaller team coming mm. up into the Premier League for the first time you, you, you probably think you're going to have the season that Sheffield United is having where you, you're losing all the time there's very little to take from it but it must be an absolute rollercoaster supporting well, it's, Luton at the moment it must be brilliant oh,
3: it, it, it must be and And, and look, speaking as a fan who who has come up to the Premier League, it's daunting. Mm. It is. You know, like, you think, oh, blind, we're used to winning every week and it was great in the Championship, and now, flipping it, oh, yeah, we've got to face that team and that team and go away. Now, obviously, Fulham, you know, have been in the Premier League in, in, um, you know, far more than than Luton Town have over the years. But it took Luton, it didn't take them that long, really, to, to kind of start thinking, right, okay, Let's be difficult to beat. Let's let's put our chances away. All these kind of old things, and and as I say, four goals in back to back matches is is amazing. Last time they did that, they were in League Two. Yeah, crying out loud, that's that, its own story. It does. Uh, Rob Edwards said at full time, I felt sick at times. I felt el- um, elation. I felt nervous, but that's what football does to you.
4: That's what football do to you, that's baby. What football
3: do to you, and and as well, again, they go down, they come back, and then they're ahead. The four or two ahead now. Obviously, they might be disappointed that they gave that lead away, but there's still a bit of the game to go. You know, Kieran Trippier scores a lovely goal um, mm. as well. Harvey Barnes, you know, great to see him back. And again, scores yeah. a good goal. These are good goals against good players. I mean, Trippier is one of the best fullbacks in, in the league. Harvey Barnes, we know the quality again. that he has. Yeah. yeah. After his little blip. After yeah. his little blip. But, but the fact is, they then, you know, Newcastle have got the momentum. They're a better side than Luton. And they've got about 20 minutes, whatever, to score. Luton, hold on for a point. You know that's impressive as well. Yeah, having 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 thrown away the lead, well then get leave there with something because if they lose yeah. that game five four, again it's not five nil, but you just think ah come on. So there we are. Um
4: Yeah, I just feel, I feel that like they deserve a huge amount of credit, and you know what what happens for the rest of the season remains to be seen. But on the Newcastle side, I just feel like I, I, I criticised them earlier. and I just looked at their their recent record, and maybe a funny maybe time aren't they? Yeah, maybe it's not been as bad as I'm making out, but they just don't seem to be in control of games or anywhere near as solid as they have been under Howe before. Mm-hmm. And I know they've got players missing, like key players for long, long periods of time, you know, Pope and Tanali and Joel Linton and blah blah But it just it just seems like it's a little bit unpredictable at the moment.
3: They've lost ten games this season. Yeah, exactly. You know, which is the same as Everton by the way. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh, you know, although perhaps that's slightly unfair, but it's you know, if you look at the other sides in, in the top half. Um, they, they, they've lost more games than, than anybody else you know you, you have to go down um, to, to Fulham in 13th to find a, t- a side who have, have lost one more than them so yeah it, it, it's been a funny old time for you because we know the injuries they've had and uh, and so on but you know I suppose from their point of view having gone down you know they come back and, and they get something out of the game um, sad to see Anthony Gordon um, on crutches after the game mm. he's been such a big player for them of course this season but great to see Harvey Barnes back so um, Gordon yeah Anthony and, Gordon I, I, indeed um, before we go to break there was there was also drama of course at Goodison Park on South, with Everton drawing 2-2 with Tottenham thanks to that 94th minute equaliser from Gerard Branthwaite, which uh, is a
4: confusing uh, name to say because most people who've got a name that looks like that are called Brathwaite yeah. he's the only Branthwaite I've ever seen
3: yeah. um,
4: but it was a, it was, a, that was actually a really good game mm. as Everton did so well to battle back into that um, over 25,000 people who bet on Spurs to win though still got paid out thanks to Betfair's match 90 market something that we always talk about on a Friday if there's A goal after 90 minutes that could affect your bet, you're still protected. And 25,000 people benefited from that because they bet on Spurs and it went into injury time until Everton equalised. So there you go.
3: Yeah. All right, everybody. Coming up in the second half, we've got Wolves scoring four, Brighton scoring (laughs) four, and Neil. Stick around,
4: Chelsea fans. It's going to be great. (laughs) Uh, The water's warm.
3: Indeed, it is. Uh, Not in Aberdeen, though, as Neil Warnock will find out. See you at a moment.
1: We are joined by the world's most famous soccer mom and her eldest son, Saint. Got some big news for us.
2: Yes, we are honoured to be here to tell you that the US will be playing its first World Cup 26 game here in Los Angeles. Right?
3: Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. Um, That was Kim Kardashian, by the way.
4: Always always influencing the game.
3: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. The venues um, and uh, the... um, the fixtures have been divvied up yeah. for, for World Cup 2026.
1: The final will be in New York. Oh, mm. great. Yeah. Isn't it going to be in East Rutherford? Uh, well, New York, New Jersey. So, yeah. yeah. I think that's how you... Yeah. Yeah. Bon Jovi out. territory. So, the, <laughs> the yeah. drive in the... Credits of the Sopranos basically They're going to be in there, yeah. Somewhere.
4: Basically, it's in the tunnel, it's gonna be in the tunnel. I'm glad
1: yeah. just because of the time difference, it's not as bad as the West Coast.
4: It's great for us for it to be on the East Coast, definitely. It's not great, it's better, it's much better.
3: Yeah, much keep it better. in Europe for crying out loud. FIFA, I've told you this before. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Nothing good can happen if you branch out to New
3: Market. Oh, look, I would have settled on Mexico City. Hmm. Do you want a little... Um, they've got the opening game, apparently.
4: They have, they have. Absolutely. Which is, that's a lovely way to Mexico yeah. and Mexico City. As Jim always says, they're the most World Cup country absolutely. ever. But can I just point out, I might have told you guys this before, but I haven't told our listeners. When the World Cup was in the USA in 1994, oh, yeah. my father-in-law was the personal chef for the Italian team.
3: That's wow. right. Yeah. Amazing stuff. Yeah.
4: And he got a load of um, souvenirs and merch oh. and memorabilia mm. afterwards. Um, from the Italian team personally to thank him mm-hmm. and uh remember moved house, he chucked it all out because he's like no one cares about football. Chucked it all I out. Know. It's a shame. I know. He, and he now knows the error of his ways. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad <I> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: Well we should say thanks to a friend of the Ramble Ryan for choosing that clip. You can become a friend of the Ramble too by heading over to patreon.com forward slash football ramble as well as getting every single episode of the Football Ramble on the content up front completely ad free. You'll also have access to the Football Ramble Discord where tributes were pouring in for Marouane Fellaini on Saturday
4: after he retired yeah the tributes were mixed <laughs> which is probably quite similar to how oh, Marouane oh come Fre- on he t- I thought he was a, did you see Jose Mourinho's tribute well I Jose don't. Mourinho was full of glowing praise mm. on his Instagram for Marouane Fellaini he did like three or four photos mm-hmm. um, talking about how he gave everything on the pitch and he said now Marouane get yourself off and give your ankles a rest
3: is what yeah. he <laughs> said. who's he trying to mug off with that
4: I don't know yeah. It's yeah. always an alter- we'll, we'll work what he said that to Marouane Fellaini is. is that you're yeah. a great player for me you gave everything yeah. but you Body let you down, and therefore you let me down.
3: <laughs> you and I were both too good for Manchester United. Yeah, that's yeah. and
4: that's like why that. we're going back. <laughs> get in, get in the drop top. I... We're driving back up to. We're driving back up to Manchester. Yeah, yeah you're either got... with me or against me. Oi, Marouane, jump in the uh, car. We're we'll going on the secret, um, special surprise trip. Where are we going? Stone Rose was on the radio. <laughs> See you in a minute.
3: <laughs> <laughs> or perhaps, no, you wouldn't have Liam Gallagher and John Squire. Too much Man City involved. Yeah, definitely. But uh, but I would. Um, Chelsea yeah. 2, Wolverhampton Wanderers 4. Chelsea have conceded four goals in successively games for the first time since 1989. The opposite to Luton Town, of course. Yeah.
1: Conceding uh, rather than scoring. A stunning result it is at Stamford Bridge. A stunning result. And it was also a really interesting clash between two teams who had had disappointing results and and really sort of, to a point, performances in their previous matches, and so both had to sort of stop the rot a little bit. And obviously, only Wolves managed to do that. It's really interesting to me that Pochettino was sort of essentially getting ahead of speculation about his job in the post-match, talking about how he, you know, he knows he's not necessarily safe if if uh, results continue this way. And it's really. Um, Well, it shouldn't be surprising from Chelsea given how inconsistent they've been but they were starting to put a little run of wins together Mm. and this has been the problem with them, isn't it? They they don't seem to be able to keep any kind of foundations having any solidity.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, Pochettino said that, you know, they're not good enough sort of thing. Me included, he said. Mm. Which, I find this quite, I I don't know whether he's trying to own his own narrative or not but he does seem to be aware as we all, I mean, obviously, he's more aware than any of us. You know, he's a, he is the manager for crying out loud but the, the sounds he's making it's you know the lemons have gone sour and yeah the, the, lemons, the lemons take two
1: years though don't they do they yeah is that what he's, he's got a fucking rem- cup
4: of lemons in midfield i'll tell you that
1: <laughs> <laughs> but he i he's concerned about his job you of course he is no, i think the reason yeah. that he's, he's getting ahead of that speculation and mentioning it himself is essentially him going look i know i know what you're going to say so don't bother i'll yeah. answer your questions now let's move on to something and just deflect and it I'm that not, way. Do you know
4: what I'd have said if I was in the media doing that? I said, no, no, no you don't get to choose that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is our time. Yeah. <laughs> we pay for access <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah. I'm not
3: clattering on. <laughs> so when you're sacked, what's your first yeah. meal gonna be? Yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> I don't come up to you and say, oh, Yeah, 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 another tactics. So, no, no. I'll ask the questions <laughs> I want to ask as a broadcaster yeah. or a journalist. Thank you very much. I, I just think... It, Why are you not in the press room, Morsi? You sat here with I, us. I, I'm too frightened. Okay. Yeah, I'm safe in here yeah. with you guys to protect me. Okay. I, I just think that if you look at the, the story of Chelsea as a football team, they've they've burnished and built their reputation in, in recent years, as we know, you know, mm. um, through what's happened um, with the money they've got from Roman Abramovich and the money they continue to get from Todd Bowley. They are a team that the fans would say some of the more obnoxious fans would say, mm. you know, talk about your history all you want. We're making history now. Yeah. Right? You're still making history now. Not the kind of history you want to be making because if that is your identity, if your mm. identity of the last 15, 20 years is we go out there, we just buy players and then we get success and you put two players at the base in midfield who cost over £100 million each mm. and you lose by four goals to two at home to to Wolves, you're going to be you're going to be mocked and you're going to be laughed at and it should be way, way, way better than this. Now, I understand... In the interest
3: of balance, they have produced some players over the years, to be fair. Mason Mount. Good one. Right, where well, it was Paul Portsmouth actually. Yeah, he's, yeah, from yeah, yeah. he's from that. Rhys James, there you go. James. They have produced some, yeah. but they've
4: certainly not produced some in the same yes. level of, of numbers that say a Man City have or even one or two other clubs. Okay. So, but I'm just trying to protect you on Twitter. That's I don't need protection on Twitter. Okay. I, don't, I don't read it. All right. I, I hit send and I'll t- close it down. What about X? Uh, oh, is that, that's good. some good stuff on there. <laughs> yeah, true. I, I, I understand that Wolves were beneficiaries of a couple of you know, really kind of difficult, deflected goals that you can't really do anything about. And Pochettino's probably thinking, Jesus, well, what have I got to do to yeah. get a break here? You know, I'm not a very lucky general at the moment. But it's just nowhere near good enough. Like, I mean, he's, he's he's under pressure for his job, and rightly so. I mean,
3: they're 11th in the league. You know, we thought it was going to click.
4: And they're nowhere near it. They're, no, they're nowhere they're near
3: nowhere. It. And you wonder, will it ever click? Hmm. That's And that's the question that the the... Those who are making the
1: decisions at Chelsea Football Club need to really address. Do you mean will it ever click under Pochettino, of course, or do you yeah. mean as the sort of bully regime and this approach to? Well, I, I mean, I suppose the whole that's thing, the thing. Because the, that's because, the bigger thing. But but I was talking about Pochettino, yeah. Sure.
4: Because the whole thing, though, isn't it? Because what? Tell me now, honestly. Mm. If they do make a decision to get rid of Pochettino, which is obviously their they're right. Do you have any confidence at all that the next decision they make will be a good decision?
3: No, it I don't. I, I don't. And it's, it's not too dissimilar to Manchester United. Now, I know Manchester United are, are higher up in the table than them. I mean, Chelsea are in a, in, a, in a League Cup final, so there is a little something. And if they do win that, it is a trophy. But I don't think... I think that would perhaps paper over the cracks. It's, it's just disjointed. It's all over the place. The difference between Manchester United and Chelsea is Manchester United, let's be honest, they're still suffering post-Ferguson. I know that sounds ridiculous because it was years ago now he left. But they still, they have that sort of modern history where... But
1: they also have problems at sort of board level, don't they, and with the structuring of the club that is oh, a hangover from one man doing so yeah, much as he did.
3: Exactly, they've got, they've got all that. Chelsea, as, as you were alluding to there, Luke, and I agreed with your points, is they've always been this size. Oh, we get a new manager in, bang, and they just just Chelsea Football yeah. Club, just keep on going. They look
4: like they but the difference is now, they look like when they used to do that, yeah. they had so many core senior players that could essentially do a lot of the hard work mm-hmm. on the pitch. You know, you think of the, the big characters like Terry and Cech and Lampard and Drogba, and they'd have managers who come through who, to be fair to them, mm-hmm. haven't never really done anything anywhere else. Di Matteo, Avram Grant, and they would still have success, yeah, but, yeah. right? They can't do that now because they look like they meet in the fucking car park well, it, before the game every week.
3: There is that, and and it seems a long while ago, even though it wasn't a long while. ago, but It does now that when Thomas Tuchel won the Champions League there, um, and you know, the, it, I think again that those kind of things make people think, oh well, it's just it will come good at some point. But sometimes actually you run out of track, and I and I just think again with Graham Potter, is he is Graham Potter um, a guy who can take a big football club and do something with them? Well, we don't know, because I don't think we should judge him on Chelsea. No. Uh, he's still getting
4: paid by Chelsea, by the way, so he's having a lovely old time.
3: Oh, I'd have, I'd have thought so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, and Pochettino will be in about 10 years' time, I'd imagine, mm. whether he's there for much longer or not. But, but with Pochettino, we were, his track record is an interesting one. It's perhaps maybe not as impressive as, as, as some people say. Again, the, 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 there's, a, there's a few jury members that are still out on him. What he did at Spurs was very impressive. Elsewhere, okay, Southampton was good, but again, it's a little while ago now. And when I said earlier there, oh, it's not clicked, I think I've fallen in for that trap as well that oh, well, at some point it clicks and then Chelsea are back on track. It clicks and makes it actually it's ebb and flows.
4: Talking about the game itself you know I understand that, as I said Wolves are beneficiaries of, of a couple of you know, quite fortunate goals. And...
1: Again making their own luck though. Yeah, to argue.
4: yeah well, Let's not get into that again Jim because this no, is but a, bit, I, com- I, this a bit
1: complicated. No, but, but I think essentially Chelsea are still giving away uh, they're still vulnerable in their own box if they, if they were yeah, in this and, position and, is what and, I mean.
4: And I think what, what, I find, what I find particularly interesting about that is that, you know, you've got... So look at the centre-back pairing, like De Sassi and, and Tiago Silva, right? De Sarcy's not had a very good season. He might just be fine on his feet. He's not a young player, but he's he's new to the Premier League, so he, he's fine his feet. He's alongside Tiago Silva, who's one of the most decorated and impressive central centres we have, we've ever seen. Uh, he's brilliant at so much stuff, even now at 39. But he's 39, right? Yeah. Mm. So if you are a £100 million midfield player playing at the base of midfield, uh-huh. alongside your mate, who's also a £100 million midfield player playing at the base of midfield why don't you not leave him exposed against Pedro Neto? Because that is a fucking bloodbath. Neto will run all day, every day. And, and, and the amount of times you saw him go up match like one-on-one with Thiago Silva, when you've got a centre-back next to Thiago Silva, who's not really having a great time of it either. It just seems like for the level of club they're at and for the level of reputation that Pochettino has, it should be much, much better than I, that. I,
3: I totally agree with that. But it's interesting that you um, when you highlight Thiago Silva, you were blaming the centre-halves because Tiago Silva's wife thought differently she took to X she's got a lot game. of thoughts she does <laughs> she's great and the reason why we know that is because she's she herald of disaster isn't yeah, she? yeah. She, she, often... she starts piping up yeah she <laughs> often tells us what her thoughts yeah. are uh, on X of course she'd
4: yeah. have Tiago Silva as the manager well
3: yeah. she hasn't come out and said that yet yet yeah. um, she appeared to call for Bush she actually said it's time to change mm. I'll decide <laughs> <laughs>
4: Imagine that. It's time to change. Imagine if we were having a chat about the rabble and one of our wives just piped up publicly. <laughs> I think mean, you got to get rid of Luke. Uh, got to, he's got to go. Uh,
3: yeah. she, she would never say that publicly. <laughs> um, if you wait any longer, it will be too late. Yeah. What does that mean? Uh, yeah. What you finished? Sounds like a threat. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Wolves fans were chanting, "You're going to get sacked in the morning." Um, I don't know whether this is relevant, but.
1: Jose Marino has been mentioned. Uh, and that's and that's why it's oh, come on the rumblings are there aren't they? I think we deserve I know that it. We are often <laughs> doing those rumblings ourselves. We deserve yeah. it, Jim. We I do deserve something.
3: it. We should be uh, we should getting we should be getting a little kickback from um, George Mensch.
4: Shouldn't yeah, we, we should because we
3: mention his client enough. Like, do you know our, what I mean?
4: Our show, our show is brilliant all the time, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, we work really hard at it. We do it for sixteen years, and we've never been wrong before. Have we've we, never anything. been wrong before. Yeah, you've got some of these other football podcasts. <laughs> you do chop and change in. with Chelsea. That, like that. They they change all their whole. They, they, yeah we deserve this <laughs> Mourinho needs to come back yeah. to the Premier League at Chelsea we fucking deserve it guys. would you <laughs> rather Chelsea's, Chelsea's or...
1: best fan yeah. you know, the guy that did that song yeah. he said very clearly at the end of that song yeah. we'd welcome... love to have you back one day you're welcome Jose. back
4: any time Jose yeah. yeah. any time and he does speak for all Chelsea fans That guy. Yeah.
1: what would you rather
3: Mourinho back at Man United or Chelsea I think Chelsea's funnier I
4: don't know I think I'd choose Man U I reckon I'm happy of either <laughs>
3: <laughs> we're just I watching mean, yeah, I'm own. just
4: watching yeah
3: <laughs> <laughs> well anyway um, if, if there's any justice for us then that will happen of but course.
4: Wolves were great and Wolves were brilliant they deserve all the credit in the world
3: and Matthias Cunha um, scored a hat-trick and my goodness what a wonderful time he had at Stamford Bridge he's only the fourth visiting player to score a Premier League hat-trick at Stamford Bridge Jim you'll certainly remember at least one of them
1: Robin Van Persie two of them. That <laughs> <laughs> was Karne, wasn't it? Karne. Yeah, well, oh, right. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. That third goal again you, from your the, memory is way better than mine.
4: The the third goal from a really acute angle. To be
3: fair, how how is Jim possibly, you know, how was he meant to remember that? Exactly yeah. true.
4: From <laughs> the late 1800s, right? Huh?
3: Yeah, you were, I mean you were a teenager. Yeah. Uh, Sergio Aguero <laughs> is uh, is the other one. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Very much in the Premier League, I should say. So he's in good so company the then. Though, he's in great it? company and, oh. and and he deserves to be because his performance was just fantastic. And we've said it before with Wolves. Going forward, they look so dynamic, don't they? They look like a side
1: who, if you're a defender against them, you're thinking, this is a this lot of difficult to mark. Yes. Well, Cunha is really direct. We know that. We've been saying mm-hmm. that all season about his direct running. That's what he's, we've known for when he came in from Atletico. But Neto is as well. Yeah. And it's there's something really beautifully straightforward about that. That uh, is going to ask questions of your defence.
4: It's, it's, it's so underrated, it's a thing for, for a player, you get players who are just ridiculously positive. Like, Trossard's like that. Mm. Yep. Trossard was able to do what he did yesterday because of that. He, he came off the bench with a really positive attitude. Said, "Right, I can. I'm not going to sit in and, and protect this leader. I'm going to really push." And um, Neto always does that. Chiesa always does that. Like, he's he's just. Yeah. I just think he's. Luis he Suarez be for was it. the master of it. Suarez he would was run for at it, yeah. you. Ask yeah, you that absolutely. question. And, there's, and there's, a, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of, to credit that type of positivity can make a real difference, particularly when teams are particularly fragile or not that confident or having a bad day of it. Um, I, yeah, I just thought he was, I thought he was um, very, very good. With
1: Huang yeah. Hee Chan to come back as well. Mm. G- Gag O'Neill, mm. what a job. Well, yeah, I mean, he was properly celebrating after,
3: which was, which was great right, to so. see. I, I love the fact that Craig Dawson's in there. Yeah. Um, that sort of older head. I like that at Wolves, basically because of Connor Cody. That sort of older, sort of slightly older statesman of the game at the yeah. back, just to kind of um, make sure it's all going. What Tiago right.
4: Silva? Yeah, sure I mean, Silver sometimes well. you could be too
3: old. I'd say. <laughs> uh, but but they, they they're, they're a lovely side to watch. Um, Wolves at the moment. I'm really glad for for old Gag O'Neill. The goals are coming as well. They're climbing up the table. They're in tenth, and I think you. I think a top half finish would be. A feather in the cap for him, definitely. Because again, not a given. And we remember at the start of the season there were there were big concerns. um, uh, You know, when 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 he first went in there as well. So yeah, just uh, keep doing what you're doing, Wolves. And Mm. and one day, Gary O'Neill, you will be on the throne. What is the throne though? England manager.
4: Wow, what a shout by you. That is telling you we've got so many coaches now. We didn't used to have any, did we? Yeah, we don't have so many. Is Is it disrespectful to say that kind of thing on Sven's birthday? No? I just, is it what Sven wants? Well,
3: I, I I said one day. I won't yeah. say I'll go back in time and rub Sven's name
4: no, out. I'll 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 put your name I don't think you should be talk, saying other England managers' names right. on Sven's birthday. Well, that, was
1: say... you, that was your rule, by the way, not mine. <laughs> I think Sven's about sharing the love, isn't he? It's true, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a very fair point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one we should <laughs> move on to. Too much love from. sometimes. One we should move it's on to. has got
4: too from. much love to
3: give. Oi, Brighton four, Palace one.
4: Yeah. Speaking of ex England managers, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of ex Palace managers, probably by the time this show comes out.
3: Oh dear!
4: Yeah, brilliant win for Brighton. Brilliant Amazing. For Brighton, yeah. That's,
3: I mean, they, they you know, in the, in that uh, in that derby. Um, nice Brighton, prediction
4: by me as well. Let's not forget that. Well done. Um, the record against Palace isn't that good, actually. Brighton's. Yeah, hence I said, well done. Thank you very much.
3: Um, they're, they're they're up to eighth in, in the league. Yeah, I mean that's that's just a lovely victory, mm, beating yeah. a, a rival so handedly as well with um, with everybody getting involved. Lewis Dunk in the third minute. It's a great start. Hey, big donkey.
1: Especially, I mean, Lewis Dunk is sort of bright and born, isn't he? And and this this rivalry is, is very fervent as we know. So mm. that's an extra. I think Hinchelwood's from Brighton as well, isn't he? So that's a it's doubly enjoyable for yeah. Seagulls. Um, He's showing a lot of promise as well, we should say.
4: The, the Lewis Dunk is a great lens with which to view how good a coach Roberto deserbi is because if you look at the stats about most touches in the Premier League for players, this season, last season, yeah. Lewis Dunk's normally in the top three. Mm. And he's basically a 32-year-old centre-back. Which it, just goes to show you, Did yeah. you think it would be De Bruyne or, you know, some some like Jorginho if he played every game just gets a lot of touch on the ball. Dunk is always in there. Dunk's turned him into Alessandro Nesta. Yes. Um, you know, Dunk, yeah,
3: you're right that, I mean, basically, he's now... Knocking on England's door, you yeah. know he's, he's played, and that is because exactly of, about, of yeah. if he's he's gone with the coaching um, of of, of Deserby. You know, again we spoke on the Mailbag on Saturday the importance of a manager is it over mm. Well, well, there you see for for individual players the, the tunes that you and can get out of them.
4: Deserby would have put an absolute rocket up them mm-hmm. after that looting game. So it was a difficult time to play them, but I just thought that Hodgson compounded. Um, the disappointment with that Michael Elise decision. I thought that was a decision made out of desperation. Yeah. I don't think so. any, he was no way he's making that decision if he's not under that amount of pressure for his job. It backfired badly. And then he kind of.
1: Do you put it all out on Hodgson? I mean, the well, medical staff said he was ready and yeah, he said yeah. that. I, don't, I, I love that Roy's now throwing the medical staff well, on this the this is the rather thing. rather than the young players.
4: You guys, you guys had, a, had a discussion about Hodgson before we came on, which I'm sure you'll replicate now, but I, well, I, I don't know if that's fair to label it on Hodgson, mm-hmm. but ultimately, just to throw back the same way you just did about Saturday's show, we all agreed on Saturday the manager sets the tone, sets the standard, takes the responsibility. He's the guy. Um, I don't think it's right that he publicly says they told me that he would be fine. You've got to take the responsibility as a joint decision as a manager, I think. I just don't think he makes that decision anyway if he's not under pressure. It's
1: it's symptomatic of a man who knows he's not going to be in the job for very long. I mean, there have been reports that Steve Parrish has been looking for a replacement for... For yeah. weeks now, and obviously they don't yeah. come from nowhere, but it's very difficult for them to find. But there's big talk to come Jim.
4: in. There's big talk that Roy Hodgson's being linked with the job. So
1: <laughs> again, yeah, <laughs> I think as well. Another thing we have to take into account is this is a 3 p.m. kickoff, and Roy is mostly nocturnal. <laughs> it's so true. You we haven't mentioned that he's probably exhausted when giving those team talks. He looks exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> he absolutely does. Yeah. But again, on a more serious point, they're now facing like Ezra Elise, and Mark Gay. are now facing periods out as well. So if you are a new new manager coming in, you're thinking. How likely is is it that Everton are going to get mm. dock points again? Because yep. if that happens, maybe I'll take this job and it will be fine. Yeah, that, yeah. that would, that would, that <laughs> would be big ways. for Danny,
4: Danny Murphy told me that he thinks Wolf Zaha should get the job. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Joachim Anderson had to be pulled away from the Palace fans after confrontation at full time. It's all going wrong, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And he's is that wrong like, though? You, he I said no, it's, it's going players, wrong. and hence, that is symptomatic of it, yeah. of it going wrong. That they're having arguments. Although, I mean, they've they've. They've lost two in the last four. They've also won two in the last four. You know, I mean, I, that Palace fans might go, shut up. But I, <laughs> I, I understand that. But I'm saying that...
4: I'd it, love that. As a patron uh, Patron benefit, <laughs> they just get to ring in and just go to you, shut, shut up. up.
1: You, you can get a number, which I will answer. <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's, it's the manner of it though, isn't it? It's Is the it, manner of how listless yeah. they are and how easy they are to play against. That's mm. the problem. That's like, no No team can accept that. Yeah. Ball, sorry, no set of fans can accept that yeah from their team. I mean,
3: and look at the moment you would say with Palace that they're relying on other teams to be crap yes um yeah, and so. I think I just
4: think i i, I don't personally mind if um because players are unquestionably trying their best if you look at look at what happens to players all week they they train they gear up towards the game, they're focused, mm-hmm. they do everything they can, they get beaten. By a better side away from home, it's a derby game. So, you know, temper's run high. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. I've said this before for someone Anderson or everyone anyone yeah. is it, as long as it's channelling the right way to actually kind of go. Well, do you know fucking what? Yeah, shut the fuck up mm. because this is harder for me than it is for you. I've worked my bollocks off all week trying yeah. to get this, out yeah. and it's not working. I don't. I don't particularly like the dynamic where fans can give whatever stick they want. I to do players. agree with that. Yeah, sometimes even as far as throwing things at them yeah. and abusing them yeah. and. In hor- horrific ways and the moment a player goes back to towards the fans everyone hand rings and goes oh, isn't that horrible it's yeah. like, Well, this is the real world we're in you, mm. things have consequences and actions have you know, reactions
3: yeah I, I, and I think that thing about the players aren't trying just sometimes we've all been on the pitch at various levels we've all been in various you know when you, when you think it's just not happening it's mm-hmm. just we're in a rut here and look it's,
4: it's a league format not every team can be playing really well.
3: You know, no, I, mean? exactly. you know I, I know that sounds...
4: No, you're right. And it may well be, be it's right its course of Roy Hodgson, so they basically need to bring in someone like Roy Hodgson to sort it out. I
3: think so. Yeah. I think so. Well, look, it could be worse. Crystal Palace, you could be Sheffield United. It can always be worse. God, speaking yeah. of easy to play against. <laughs> Bloody Nor Goal
4: difference of minus 40 now in February. <sighs>
3: I mean, Aston Villa 4-0 up at half-time. They've, Sheffield United have now conceded five goals
1: in a single game on five occasions this season yeah. in all competitions. Just like really gutted for them at this point. Mm-hmm. It's like they're not going to quite be as bad as Derby were I don't think. But if you you know <laughs> <For> Derby, Yeah, <laughs> no, they, it was terrible, wasn't it? it <laughs>
4: that, that, is, that is a that's a lovely bit of cold comfort for them, <laughs> isn't it?
1: But but I mean, you know, you you've got fans leaving the ground after about half an hour when when get, when Villa really go 3-0 up and stuff like that. And you can understand that. Was obviously, um, you're sad for the Sheffield United players to see so many people just sort of mm. not wanting to be involved in what's going to be another horrible afternoon. But football's a really emotional game, isn't it? When you're in the stands and you're seeing your team lose, it, it it hurts you, and I completely understand why they might have made that decision. And it, uh, I just, I just have so much sympathy for. Well, spare a thought for the Villa fans; they enjoyed it. They had a lovely time. Yeah. A friend of mine was there in the Sheffield United end. All right, as, so, a, as a Villa you, fan, you have as a him? Villa fan, I have yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, he's very, very quiet on the day, but well, after about half an hour, he could presumably celebrate because there
3: was no <laughs> one around him. <laughs> yeah. um, Douglas Luiz did a lovely
4: pass. Did you, did you oh remember, my oh, god, ridiculous! that's past
3: the season, absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, Ollie Watkins became the first player to reach ten plus goals and assists in the Prem this season, and that's the real quiz. He's yeah. been brilliant. He he's has been, been really, really good. Took a goal. Well, I mean, Villa. You know, have they brought themselves back into the title race because they are five points off the top? Obviously, Man City have two games in hand. I mean, yeah, okay. So if they if Man City win those two games, they'll be six points behind. They're them, not but...
4: going to win the Premier League. If they get into the top four, that'd be massive. You said mm. this about Leicester before. Yeah. Okay. So okay. when we were all, everyone like, else was if, saying, if I walk outside every night and go, "There's not going to be a comet tonight," and after yeah. thirty-five years, a comet appears, uh. doesn't make me wrong, does it?
1: I have it on good authority that you weren't back in Blackburn in the 90s as well mate so, um, hang on if you said there's say. not going to be a comet tonight and then there is it does make you wrong yeah
4: but not okay you can be wrong one day in 6,000 days yeah so you're saying there's going to be another one day you? and it's going to be Aston Villa I'm, I'm saying that
3: Are the, my question is are they out of the title race
4: my answer is yes they are Jim yeah okay <laughs>
1: alright I like here. the
4: romantic side of you, you that wants to believe first, you everybody. want to believe and just, I think
1: you should be credited for that you want everyone on the verge <laughs> yeah I want everyone on the verge uh,
3: I think they are on the verge they've got to be on the verge haven't
4: they I think they're bit, I, here's what I think I think they are in a straight shootout with uh-huh. Spurs for that top four berth hmm and if they can um, get into that fourth place, I think that's an amazing feather in Unai Emery's cap and an amazing feather in Aston Villa's cap. Yeah. To see them in the Champions League would be great.
3: And I think if Unai Emery came here for a shootout, yeah. he'd be very happy with that.
4: And if anything, listen, Marcus, if they get anything more than that, like they accidentally win the title, it's a bonus. It is it? a bonus, yeah.
3: very much. That's how, that's how Ranieri was playing it's it, like, by the way. Like,
4: <laughs> like Andy saying that like, Newcastle United and Eddie Howe are absolutely fine because they, they got into the Champions League ahead of time and so say everything's fine now.
3: Yeah. It's not fine. They're no, nice. They can't stop losing. You, you can't dine out on that
4: no you can't
3: after the fourth season we're in league two now yeah. Eddie yeah. <laughs> yeah but that Champions League campaign yeah. uh, but what about Chris Wilder mm. um, you would think his job was safe despite the results because it would just be ridiculous if I mean the same
4: way that Alan Partridge thought his job was safe at the BBC
3: yeah exactly
4: yeah because yeah. um, he's he, having a meltdown
3: basically well he's also been investigated by the FA for accusing officials of discriminating against his team the accusation, of course, came uh, during that same rant when he took issue with the assistant referee in a sandwich while talking to him.
4: And, it, and the, what I don't... So here's the story to break it down for people who aren't sad enough to watch football as closely as we are, right? Mm. Which is basically everyone. Um... There's no context as to when he was eating the sandwich. Yeah. Like, if, if it was... Ju- I think he went to see him in the in
3: yeah, the room, room after. But,
1: No, but in the interview, he gives the impression that it was during the game. Yeah, like he'd yeah, run, he and done
4: d- the touchline with it or something. <laughs> would have been amazing. But if he, goes to his, if he goes to a meeting and the guy's like, I'm oh, having a meeting and I'm just, you know, just getting my lunch down because you now I'm busy, mm. is that disrespectful or is that just, you know, come on, we've got to do stuff? Uh,
3: well, you shouldn't talk with your mouth full. True. So on the basis of that, he's probably just listening
4: based on what I, about, <laughs> what I know about Chris Wilder, though, isn't he? <laughs> and the second thing is, and the second thing is, you cannot, you simply, regardless of what you think of Sheffield United, yep. regardless of what you think of of Chris Wilder yep. and anything else or to do with sandwiches football, or sandwiches. You cannot say during the season in the build-up to a game, I was told by a Premier League referee who I've known for a long time who's as honest as a day is long, get ready because every tight decision will go against you today. You can't say that. Like, let's agree on that at least. Yeah. He said every 50-50 decision will go against you. We had two bookings in the first half of the game, but they weren't even bookings. It was just a coming together. Like you, yeah. you're, you're essentially undermining things. Mm over and over again and then everyone's hand wringing when Premier League referees get abused you can't do that
1: it's a conspiracy theory isn't it it's basically that yeah we're seeing more and more of this kind of um, this speculation being legitimised it's a shame when the managers get involved anyway let's
3: look let's let's move on from, 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 from pompous Sheffield United managers who have a go at officials and say ridiculous things I see what you're doing and and sometimes um, get in trouble for what they say Neil Warnock (laughs) is set to be unveiled as Aberdeen manager this week come on Bloody come on! Yeah. Um, I applied for the Aberdeen job once and didn't get a reply, which I thought was real bad manners. <laughs> I love that. Um, I, that was before they had email as well, Neil. So the, yeah, maybe the, maybe the letters didn't go as far as Aberdeen to Nuki I don't know if you were living there at
1: the time. He
4: also said that he had a player up there once who said yeah. it's the only place he knows where seagulls never land. Yeah, because it's that cold if they land, they never get up again. <laughs>
1: He's
3: already playing the hits.
4: Uh, There was talk that Jack Wilshire was being linked with this job as well. And I just think to yourself, imagine being like a a chairman or an owner of like a big club, Aberdeen or a big club, you know, European honours and all the rest of it. And you're sitting there and it's like that Homer Simpson meme where you've got one button there and the other yep. button there, yep. and one's Neil Warnock and the other's Jack Wilshire. <laughs> You're probably thinking, how did I get here? Yeah. How did I get to this point?
1: I think Jack Wilshere actually might have uh, pitched for the job. I think, I think he's, he's quite sort of ambitious, but also mm. you know, realistic, let's be honest, which is, um, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed by that. I don't
4: think it's, a, I'm not criticising him at all. I'm just saying. Oh yeah, that. I understand that. Yeah, it. Yeah, it just seems a little bit I just,
1: um, I, I strange. Didn't, I didn't think, I didn't picture him as a manager. No. I but he clearly wants to stay in the game, and he oh, obviously feels him. like he's got unfinished business. isn't uh, I would just probably, a bit like
4: Neil Warnock. Uh, there is <laughs> <laughs> Aberdeen were in Europe six weeks ago. <laughs> now they're now they're staring down the barrel of Neil Warnock well, or Jack Wilshere. Is all I'm saying. Do
3: you think that's what Warnock did? Yeah. I'll wait till you're out of the bloody thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah better off out of it. <laughs> yeah, I don't
4: worry. Yeah. He, he could
3: be managing them against Rangers tomorrow night. <sighs> Neil Warnock,
4: first game is Rangers, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
3: and he said he said uh, was it recently or he said before oh I love Rangers I love Ali McCoy and all that yeah. sort of stuff
4: can you imagine him on the
3: touchline at Ibrox it's
4: brilliant see if he can get a senior citizens train ticket sort of <laughs> out of time to get up there
3: yeah we're taking the train lads there's
4: no longer it can't be a longer journey than that in in, in, in the country than Newquay to Aberdeen
3: no I wouldn't have thought so I mean it's
4: absolutely a remarkable but we, I should
3: have checked actually but we know that um, that there was a flight route that opened up from Newquay to Middlesbrough when he was Middlesbrough boss yeah. just because they born you know, Will give us a bit might as well take it yeah yeah. yeah. So, so maybe maybe They're, that's that, an option
4: Aberdeen had that incredible game against um, that Finnish side HJK earlier in the season I remember we talked about it it, was, did, it, yeah. was, it was and they also had a, handy,
3: they had a handy um, draw against Celtic it
4: was about minus 400 yeah. and they had to keep stopping the game to get the Zamboni on to get the snow off the pitch <laughs> <laughs> so it was one of the most Neil Warnock games we have ever seen so it does fit
3: indeed but he will be interim manager we should say yeah. At, until he's made permanent everybody <laughs> it's great I'm so glad Aberdeen had done this it's great it is and by great. the way I think this is a rare one what's good for Aberdeen is actually good, good for, for us as gun. well I think that is I think it's a good appointment yeah obviously
4: it's, But it's, you're basically referencing the chance that Mourinho might go back to Chelsea there I mean would that be bad for Chelsea Mourinho going there I
1: hope so. You know it what? Might not be. Look, if you look at, <laughs> if, if at the know. situation they're in, <laughs> yeah. a siege mentality wouldn't be the worst thing, would but, it? People talk about how Jose Mourinho's standards have fallen. Chelsea's have fallen in line with that. Yeah. it's not actually as mad as it might sound. And, and, at first. and it's a
4: fit. It's a fit because you know Mourinho and United isn't a fit. Mourinho yeah. and Chelsea is a fit.
1: Yeah, I'm not, not going to put too final point as well. on that. Yeah, I see what you yeah, mean. I I what you are, what you're
3: yeah, yeah, but and the fans would. I
1: assume the fans would welcome Mourinho back just for old times' sake can't imagine that it, I, think, I think even if even if which is were, why I think it'd be funny if you were to even know. if you sat there as a Chelsea fan thinking Mourinho coming back would be it would be a bad appointment would be silly for x y and z reason I think the day he came back you'd be oh. like ah fuck it yeah, yeah. let's yeah, you do would. it again you let's would. do it again you couldn't help but love it's it it's
4: like when you've been on a diet for six months and you just smash into a Dominoes, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think Mourinho, Aberdeen will be good. He's a, he's far enough away, but we've got our eye on him. Mourinho, Aberdeen, yeah, yeah, it'd be great. <laughs> okay, fine. that would be fitting really nicely. Yeah.
3: Um, well, we should finish with a quick line on the the current longest-serving manager of one football club in world football. Will be stepping down at the end of the season. Stephen Baxter of Crusaders in Northern Ireland has been in charge since two thousand and five. Wow. When Mourinho went to Chelsea first, of course. Incredible. How about that? Yeah, he's, he's it, makes, stepping... it
4: makes you feel old, doesn't it?
3: Mourinho was first at Chelsea. Sven was England manager. Arctic Monkeys had just burst onto the scene. That's mm-hmm. when he first started uh, at Crusaders. He's won league titles. He's won cups.
4: He's won, He's managed for more, over 900 games. Incredible. Yeah, it's, it's three Irish league titles, four Irish yep. cups, one Satanta Sports Cup, the there big you one. Go. The big there you one. go. Uh, one league cup and three County Antrim Shield successes.
3: And a couple of those cups have been recent. I think, what, last season did they, 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 they win the cup? So it's, it's been, um, it's not like all at the start and then, you know, it's, it's not an arson Wenger.
4: If you've picked up three County Antrim Shields, be, you deserve to be a household name statue absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. there we are a good on that it's an amazing achievement it though, is isn't it,
3: it isn't absolutely it? is thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble part of the Acast Creator Network Pete and Andy will be back tonight for Ramble Reacts following Brentford versus Manchester City of course do follow us on Twitter currently known as X TikTok YouTube and Instagram at Football Ramble and subscribe to us on Spotify thank you Luke thanks thank you Jim thank you thank you everybody see you soon
0: so you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from rust
1: Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made ByHeart a better formula for formula. Learn more at ByHeart.com.
0: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods,